aside prayer. God, please set aside everything I think I know about you, God, the steps, recovery, the big book, what's best for me, what's best for others. Especially help me let go of my old ideas so I can live on your spiritual truth. Heavenly Father, have mercy on me, a sinner. Help me to carry your message today. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, just a few things. It's a spiritual experience I had, and it, I hope nobody's offended by it. But um, uh, my whole life, I've wanted approval. I've wanted to be good enough, and I wanted recognition, and, and um, I could never quite do enough or get enough recognition. And I've given up on that. That's not important. It's my relationship with God. And I just wanted peace. You know, I just wanted to be okay. And I've, as many of you know, I've studied, been studying scripture intensely. And I uh, listened to something on Romans 5, verse 1, that I'd heard before, but it didn't make sense that I've been justified through faith in, in who I call my Lord Jesus Christ and been given through that peace with God. And I, I thought about that, and I've been working with this guy who's, who's he says his life just isn't okay, and, or it's okay, it's not great, and he just wants approval. And I realized that I have peace with God today. And what could be better than that? And it, it's not dependent on anything I do or don't do. Now, if I'm not at peace with God today, that's my alcoholism, that's my mind, that's telling me things. And, the fourth step, because we're going to review the beginning of the fifth step in the book. I don't know how they did the fourth and fifth step in 1939. Nobody knows. Uh, before the book was written, Dr. Bob had a system. They all had a system. I don't know what it was. They did have these, these cards that they used, which uh, they would check if they were on the left or right-hand side. Um, of their character defects, whether they were practicing them or practicing God's character. Uh, Dr. Bob would take them through the steps in two days, three hours in his, after, in his office, quickly. Uh, now it's become almost like a graduate program to go through the steps, but um, I, I like to follow the book, and I think it was written uh, for me. The chapter preceding in how it works, the reason I do the fourth step is to unblock myself from God so he can work, so I can have peace with God, which I talked about. And I don't have peace when I'm in resentment, fear, and I'm taking harmful actions. And so the fourth step is where we look at the manifestations of my self-will, my life run on self-will. It's not pretty. And it's still not pretty when I look back, but I understand it differently. I see it differently today. I see the truth. It doesn't change the truth of it. But I see I had the wrong manager, and uh, it didn't work. So we learned tools to get free of anger. Anybody think that's a good idea? And that's on uh, pages 64 to 68, 67. And then we learn prayers to be free of anger and forgive anyone we're angry at because they're sick just like me. Hello. And I don't want to be uh, angry at anything because then I'm blocked from God. And whatever I'm angry at becomes my higher power. 
and then we learn about our mistakes that led to the uh, um, led to the resentment, and it's my self-centered character defects from being in self. And we learned how we harmed them and how we need to make amends, and we see them differently. Now, if you're not willing to make amends to somebody, well, you need to say the prayers and you need to go through it again with someone. If you're still carrying around the resentment, there's no reason to just do the work in the step. Then we looked at fear, fear self-reliance. When I'm playing God, I have fear in whatever area I'm managing. And when I came in, I had overwhelming fear because I was managing everything. And today I can have focal fear. And I learned the prayer for fear and how to remove it and how God wants me to be. And then we had that second step proposition exercise, which is how we, uh, we look at which areas we're having problems with in our life and how we're managing that and why we're not allowing God to manage it and how does God want us to be. Then we did sex inventory where we look at our relationships and we look at, it could be sex or it could be just relationships that were non-sexual, but relationships and how we behaved and how we acted towards the other person. Not looking at them, looking at us. And was the relationship selfish or not? And did I act selfishly in it? Did I have expectations of the other person to make me feel okay? Which led to uh, turmoil in the relationships. We write a same sex ideal, and then we can look at those relationships and see how we harm people in them to make amends. And that's, that's the fourth step. It doesn't take a long time. And then they wrote a chapter five, and they talk about the fifth step. So I don't know if they did that with someone or they did it by themselves and then discussed it with someone. When I work with someone, we go right through the book. We, do the, we read the, the pages. We do the columns. We do whatever it is. And, when, and we go through that, and then we go to the next paragraph and that. And it's, you can be done pretty soon. Just a question of finding time to get together. And then, of course, if you probably learned, I talk too much, and it takes longer. Uh, that was a joke, too. Nobody laughed. Um, and then it's so they say into action, and they said, having made our personal inventory, what shall we do about it? Well, you've done all this work, and, and so what should you do about it? And they're saying, uh, why are you doing it? You want to get a new attitude towards your creator a new attitude and a new relationship with God. And the new attitude is that I'm not God and I need God. And a new relationship is where God is actually running my life, not me. And I want to discover the obstacles in my path to doing that. And today, if I have an obstacle in my path to uh, peace with God and a relationship with God, I know, I know how to look at it pretty quickly and say the prayers and remove that obstacle with him. He removes it. I have to see it and be willing to let go of it. He's not going to let go of it if I'm willing to hold on to it. But I say, I don't want to be disturbed now, God. Get rid of this fear. It's nonsense. It's not in the now. Bring me back in the now. If I have some judgment, I tend to judge a little bit. 
that was a joke too. Well, uh, much less than I used to because it's a waste of time. And I just say, God, I'm judging now. I'm judging now, and uh, please, you know, give me love and tolerance, change the way I see it, you know. I don't say the four prayers all the time because it's, it takes too long. I just go right away. God, just change the way I see it. Help me be loving. You know, they are who they are. And um, a lot of times when I do that, I end up having positive feelings for the, the situation instead of negative. And then um, it says we've admitted certain defects. That's uh, we've admitted these uh, wrongs and we've looked at our my character defects and we used the card, uh, which uh, I used to carry around and put on my desk. And, and uh, I know that if I'm in my personality of self-will, then I'm restless, irritable, guilt, shame, discontent. And I want to practice God's personality. That's the whole goal of the steps. Can I be loving, patient, kind, tolerant, considerate, compassionate? Can I be calm? Can I be grateful? Can I be forgiving? Can I have love and concern for others? Complete opposite of my self-centered character. And the more I'm on the right side, the better my day goes. So if you had a bad day, hello, you're practicing your character. It's not that complicated. And I don't want to do that anymore. And we have ascertained in a right way what the trouble is. The trouble is me. The trouble is the way I see it. And I put my finger on the weak items in my personal character inventory in there. The weak items are all my character defects. They're all weak. But some are, are stronger weak than others. And they come and go. One day it's this, one day it's that. And it says now they're going to be cast out. We want them to be cast out. Now, that doesn't happen when you do your fifth step. You have to cast them out all the time. That's steps six and seven. But you're going to be beginning the process of asking God to change your personality on your fourth and fifth step. Now, a lot of people don't do it, so their personality never changes. And why do they do it? Because they're in self-will. And their thinker tells them they don't need to do it. And then if they don't do it long enough, the thinker says, you need a drink. It's not subtle. Very few people make it, I can't tell you. Through the years, I, my car, I can't, I can't erase all the numbers. I guess I could, Mark told me there's a way, but I can't do anything. I'm sure my wife can do it. But the, the, on the car, all the numbers, contacts are still there. I can delete them on my phone. And I just see these names when I go to call Patty or somebody and, wow. Now, they may be fine and all, but so many. I bet there are 200 names on there, maybe more. Who knows? And I couldn't get a lot of them to do this. Now, they may be doing it with somebody else, and they may be fine. I don't know that. But I just know it's hard to get people to follow through on the steps. It's very hard. And it says, this requires action or part, which when completed will mean I'm going to admit to God, to myself, and another human being the exact nature of my defects. Now, the exact nature of my defects is my character defects. And the exact nature of the character defects is my self-centeredness. And then the manifestation of my character defects is my resentment and my fear and my harmful actions. 
So we work back. We look at the manifestations and we see the character defects. And we, so we know if I'm in resentment, it's character <coughs> defect. If I'm in fear, it's a character defect. I'm on the wrong side of the car. It's not that hard. And they say in the next paragraph, a solitary self-appraisal is insufficient. Well, <laughs> how silly. Of course, because it's my alcoholic solitary. My solitary appraisal got me fear and resentment and harmful actions. And it says, is, they give us reasons why we should do it. At the end, we went through this. If I skip this vital step, now vitae means necessary for life. So that's where we get the word vital. We may not overcoming drinking. I think that's really true. Now there's some people who stay sober a long time and are still full of fear and anger and shame and guilt, but they're not drinking. Well, I don't want that for me. I, I want emotional sobriety, that's the goal. And your emotional sobriety has to do with your relationship with God. And uh, why won't you overcome drinking? Because you still have the same emotions and the same obstacles are blocking you from God. And if you're blocked from God, what power do you have over alcohol? None. You know, when people come in, they're pretty desperate and they, they, uh, they like to do, they get into it quickly and, they, and then you see them kind of drift away. And the, the, they're drifting away because their thinker is telling them that they're not desperate anymore and they don't need to do this or they, and, uh, and so that's why, it's, uh, it's a, that's why alcohol is cunning, baffling, powerful. It's in a bottle, it's liquid in a bottle. Isn't that silly? But in our mind, it's gonna relieve the irritable, restless discontent of being separated from God. And I need to work the steps so I stay close to God. Remember, I'm a paperclip and God's the magnet. If I get too far from the magnet, I have no power from it. And when we came in, at least me, I was pretty far from that magnet. Now today I feel close to the magnet, but I still try to pull away a little bit. And then I don't feel good. So I let go of the pulling away. I think that's the best way to look at it. I let go of pulling my paperclip away from the magnet, and then the magnet pulls it back. But if we're pulling, God will let us pull all we want and then we just feel miserable. And so it says sometimes we did easier methods, but it didn't work. We say that, it's right at every meeting. Half measures availed us nothing, right? Nothing's not good. We have to let go of our old ideas. Absolutely, are the results nil? Nil's not good. So it says, um, why didn't they make it? They didn't complete their housekeeping. They took inventory all right, but they hung on to some of the worst items in stock. Now here they're talking about how you don't really tell the other person everything or you don't tell them about some of the, the crap in your head or if you have shame and guilt, some of the horrible things you've done. Now you don't need to confess to somebody in AA how you did some crime eight years ago that you could still go to prison for if that exists, but you have to find an attorney or someone that you're protected that you can confess that if that's the case. I really believe you have to let go of all the stuff. Now I've told different people some of the things that I've done to let go of it, but I had to find the appropriate person. They talk about that in, in the next page. Uh, 
I, I didn't murder anybody, by the way. Um, they, they took inventory all right, but they hang on to the worst items in stock. So if there's some resentment that you're not willing to let go of, hello, that one resentment can lead you to drink again. I've seen it. They're not letting go of certain relationships because they haven't done their sex inventory. And, and I say, please, don't go back to her yet. Oh, there's no way. There's no way, Doc. No way. That night, they're back there. They're in their car, homeless a month later, back on the heroin. It's, it's hard. It's hard to let go. Um, and it says they only thought, notice italics, they had lost their egoism and fear. It's hard to lose your egoism. We're very egocentric. And, and our fear, and they only thought they had humbled themselves. And so that's why it's good with another person. Sometimes you have to keep doing it. And, and that's why in step 10, you'd, you'd call somebody every day when you're disturbed, so you're discussing it right away. And then if you have it at night, you look at it and see what you left undone and make amends and call and discuss it with someone. You don't want to hang on to any stuff from the day. And so we need to be humble, fearless, and honest. And humility is, uh, is, is, I think, the thing where uh, we all have problems. And I've seen that's what blocks people. Their ego rebuilds quickly. And they don't say, the desperation makes me humble when I see my brokenness without God. That's why it's very important for me to pray as soon as I wake up in the morning, to know that I need to seek God right away. And Jody says he gets down on his knees. And, I, it's, 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 it's a big deal when you think about it. It doesn't matter what you say, but the idea that I have to go right to the source right away. And even though I may separate during the day, I know that that's where I need to be. And then at night, I look back, and I do do quick inventory at night. I've got the paragraph memorized. And was I kind and loving and all? Well, not that one. You know, or this one, and, and did I leave something that I should have discussed with someone? You know, it doesn't take long. And so you have to have enough humility, fearless, and honesty in the sense we find the necessary until they told someone else all their life story. And we talked about you don't want to write 200 pages on uh, your whole life. Nobody wants to read it. But I have to tell everybody about all my resentments that I know of, my fears my relationships, who I harmed, how I harmed them. And it's, it's, it's can be, it can be sad, but on the other hand, when you do it with someone, you let go of it. You're giving it to God and another person, and, and they can, God and them can handle it. And it's nothing that somebody else hasn't done to. We're not, and so we need to tell everything we do in that step four, we need to discuss it with someone and we need to be thorough. And if we're holding on to something, that thing may block us. So we try to, and you may think of things later. Well, you got a phone. You know, it's not a one-time deal. And as you, things come up, you discuss it. That's why I'm always in contact with somebody from AA every day. Now I tell them to call me so it helps me because uh, I don't know if it helps them, but at least I have contact and I can, if there's something on my mind, I can talk to about somebody in AA, they understand. It gives them a chance to talk. So I, 
I think I talked to three or four people every day. Uh, God bless them. And uh, it says we lead a double life. Don't you think that's true? We want everybody to think we're okay and inside we're just a complete mess. And we have a stage character. And this is the one we like people to see because we want people to like us. But if we're doing that, that that's, that's not gonna help us. He wants to enjoy a certain reputation but knows in his heart he doesn't deserve it. And we don't want to do that anymore. The one place you can be honest is in AA. I mean, you know, everybody's done everything we've done. And we laugh at it. Now, if I did it in my church Bible study, I don't know if uh, they kind of look at me strange, you know, like, well, but you know, they've done the same things. They just can't see it. Uh, yeah. Uh, and the inconsistency, it says, made worse by the thing he does on his sprees, but I wrote, when I'm sober. What about sober? They're talking about the sprees now, but what did you do when you were sober? And then you drank over it. And then you think about it now, and then you drink over it. So you have to let that out. How do you get rid of shame and guilt? You have to discuss it with another person. You have to see how you harm the person. And then you have to be willing to make amends. It doesn't mean you have to make it the amends but you have to be willing to. And it says on page 83, we lose our fear of people, or 84. And that's after we've done the work in four through nine. So like we talk about, we're not afraid to see anybody walk through the door because if instead of being resentful, we, we know we need to make amends to them. And, and I, I w wish I could make amends personally to a lot of people, but it would cause more harm. And now you can find anybody. I mean, I thought of some kid that I went to summer camp with yesterday, and he lived in South Boston, Virginia, and he came up to Maryland to this summer camp, and I found him, because there's not a lot of people with that name in South Boston, and I saw his picture, he's my age. I thought of him last night, I don't know why. So anyway, I didn't need to make amends to him. It was, you know, I was 15 or 13 or something. And it says, um, you can go to psychologists and doctors, but uh, we seldom tell them the whole truth, and nor have we followed their advice. And you know what? I didn't have the power to follow a psychiatrist's advice. I, I didn't know how to do this. Uh, psychiatrists, and I mo most of them send them here. They, they don't have any treatment for alcoholics uh, that I know of. Now, if that, I could be wrong, but. Um, and it says, well, they may, but there's no pill. Uh, if they can accomplish what we accomplish with the relationship with God. But if you're in a group and you're doing self-analysis in the group, that's just more self-centeredness. It's gotta be God-centeredness. And analyzing myself without the proper way of looking at it just makes me sicker because I analyze myself and I see how much wrong they were. You get it? Dick shaking his head. Yeah. It's true. I, I can't do that. I have to do it this way. This way works because I'm bringing God in, another person. And, uh, and it says we must be entirely honest. If we expect to live longer happily in the world. Now you don't have to call people up and and tell them you drove too fast, or things like that. We're talking about 
an honest assessment of your situation and, and you can't do it alone, you do it with God. Remember, you start the third step prayer and it says right after that, we start on the house cleaning. So you have God with you this whole time and you're doing prayers to God. You can't do it alone. And it says, you know, who do you discuss it with? Well, that was irrelevant in 1939 because, you know, there were only 70 people in AA or 80 people. And you want to find someone that you think can uh, uh, understand your problem and understand our powerlessness. That's what I wrote here. And um, it says we have no right to save our own skin at another's expense. That's also why you don't make amends your first week. I mean, I've had people come, they're two weeks, they're just out of treatment, and they don't know why they're not forgiving them and this and that, and you know. I said, listen, there's the, the steps are in order. You get it? And it usually creates more problem. Um, they talk about who you're going to uh, uh, do it with. It has to be somebody that will keep your confidence. Um, and, I, and, you know, we have a spiritual malady. We're not bad people. We have wrong motives and wrong... Um, we make wrong decisions and because we're centered on us. And um, so um, nowadays, I suggest that you find someone who's done it out of the book. And a lot of people uh, pick sponsors on how long they've been sober. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Abby was 60 days when he went to Bill. Bill and Bob were a week or th when they found A number three. Uh, it's not the length of your sobriety. It says, what do you, if you're willing, what do we, you can't give away what you don't have. And length of sobriety versus doing this are two different things. Now, uh, I'm, I'm big on the book, obviously, because it's helped me. I believe in it. There are other ways. Um, <coughs> but I would pick someone who's done this this way and we'll take you through it but if you find someone who hasn't done it this way and they help you that's fine too i don't i don't have any opinion on that but they wrote this book for a reason because i want what they have then i then i want to do what they did and then i want to do it exactly like they did it and i think it's laid out beautifully i had somebody who was fighting the four step the other night and, you know, he was, you know, uh, you know, this usual conversation. So I said, okay, it's five of seven. Let's start. I had him start reading from the third step prayer to the end of the chapter. It took him 14 minutes. I said, 14 minutes. Change your life. How complicated is that? I mean, that's all it is. And, and it's so well written. When I was listening to it, and I've heard it a thousand times, just listening to somebody read those eight or nine pages, it's so beautifully laid out. It's, it's almost, you can hear it's scriptural. I, I believe it's, it's from God. God uh, gave us this. But that's just my opinion. So here's what it says. We pocket our pride and go to it, illuminating every twist of character, every dark cranny of the past. And that's what you really do if you follow the instructions to this point. You do the best you can. 
Now, there's some people say I only had three resentments. Well, you know what I tell them? Give me your blood. Let's do an exchange transfusion. <laughs> Give me your blood. Because, you know, I, I, when I think of people, I think, oh, boy, I didn't like that one. Or, oh, that one. Why I say that? I mean, it's just... <sighs> but uh, that, that's, that's that they haven't quite lost their humility, their egoism. Um, I saw this one lady, this was a couple years ago, and, and her husband tried to work with him, and he told me he just really never got angry. So I met her. I said, well, you know, I, I've been trying to help uh, your husband, and uh, I think he's actually on here listening, and I love him dearly. And I said, you know, he told me he never gets angry. And she made the funniest face and kind of startled. And then he laughed and we laughed because by that time he had, he had been doing the deal and he's been sober quite a few years now. But sometimes we can't see it. We just can't see it. We can't see our fear. It's the water we swim in. They ask fish, what's water? Two fish. Well, I don't know. What is it? I mean, we just don't know. So we pocket our pride. Now, that's hard to do. But just doing the four-step meeting with somebody is a form of of humility. And you know, remember, we, it says, what do I do next? If you want to get over this, you ask, what do I need to do? And it says the book answers that question specifically, specific directions. That's why I follow this. And once you've done this step, now these are the, the uh, fifth step promises. Is it OK if I go a little over? Dick, can I go over a few minutes? All right, Dick says yes. He usually gives me the time out. All right, stop it. Alan, Alan, leave the room. This is really powerful, two paragraphs. It says, once we have taken the step withholding nothing, we are delighted. I felt better. I felt better when I took my first step and I asked God for help. That was almost 22 years or so ago. Um, we are delighted. I can look the world in the eye. Why? Because I can see who I've harmed, how I've harmed them. I'm willing to make amends. I've forgiven them. I see the world differently. That's a great uh, promise. We can be alone at perfect peace and ease. That's all I ever wanted in my life. I'm not in resentment or guilt. Our fears fall from me. We begin to feel the nearness of our Creator. This is the beginning of the spiritual experience. And then as you do the steps the rest of your life, you get closer and closer to God. And the closer the paperclip is to God, the more power you get from God. And so that's why I like to keep doing it, because I keep feeling better. Not, not, it's not, it's just peace. I like to be not disturbed. To me, that's the best thing in the world. We may have a certain spiritual beliefs, but now we have a spiritual experience. So if you want a spiritual experience and start to get God's power, do everything up to page 75. It's not a lot. The, fourth step, the third step prayer is on page 63. It's 12 pages. 12 pages to find God. Wow. The feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly because you have, you have experience in God and you have God's power. And then listen to this. We feel we are on the broad highway, capital B, capital H, 
walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. Isn't that something? I mean, it's beautifully written, but it's, you're walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. What could be better than to be walking hand in hand with God? And we get that through the, we get this relationship where we're walking hand in hand down this path with God for the rest of our life. And, and God will never let go of me. I'm the one that's pulling away. But I pull less strongly than I used to because I don't want to be away from God. And I feel bad when I'm away from God. I feel bad now. I, I feel bad because I don't want to do that anymore. It's not going to make me drink. It's different. I just feel I don't want to do that. I don't want to have those feelings anymore, and I don't have to. And then we'll, we'll do that final paragraph where there's so much in it, and then we'll look at six and seven on Wednesday. Thank you, guys. Sorry I went a little long. <laughs>